0: Welcome back to the podcast. Our theme at the Traders Point Church of Christ for the next four months is going to be Soldiers of Christ. So over the next few weeks, Jeremy and I are going to try to unpack what that means and why it's so important for the Christian to be prepared for battle. We'll also have some sermons on this topic throughout the next trimester, so be sure to watch for those as well. And as always, if you'd like more information about us, please visit our website at TradersPointChurch.org. And you can also find us on Facebook and YouTube as well. Thanks again for joining us, and we hope you enjoyed today's conversation. Hello, and welcome back to the podcast. We want to thank you for joining us today. Uh, we're beginning a new mini series, if you will, uh, starting this week. We finished up. Our study of John chapters 13 through 17 uh, last week, put a bow on that, and now we're going to move into a new series of studies together. And today we're going to begin in Ephesians chapter 6, we're going to kind of set the stage for that here in just a moment, but each year our elders here at Traders Point um, put forth a theme for us to dwell on, think about, meditate on, study together. And this, this year we're doing that in trimesters that mimic our Bible classes here at Trader's Point. And so for the first trimester of 2023, our theme is Soldiers of Christ. And so we're going to talk about different aspects of what it means to be a soldier of Christ. Jeremy and I are going to have sermons over the trimester that are going to connect to that theme. And so we're going to also tie that in to a few episodes here of our podcast And again, we're going to kind of begin that and really root this study in Ephesians chapter 6. And so before we just jump right into Ephesians chapter 6, that's obviously at the very end of this epistle that Paul writes. And so, Jeremy, I think it's probably important in order for us to really understand what we're going to be talking about this morning to set the stage and the context a little bit for us. Obviously, this is an epistle written by Paul to some people that he has a very strong, deep relationship with. Maybe share a little bit of the context with us and the direction of this epistle so that when we get into the beginning of chapter 6, we kind of all understand where we are.
1: Yeah, I mean, you do think about the epistles, you know, this kind of sits right along with in a lot of similarities to some other things that Paul has written. We we often make reference, and I think rightly so, it's a good study when you're studying through the book of Ephesians to go through the book of Colossians. Mm-hmm. They are very similar, even though written to two completely different churches, but a lot of very similar kinds of things. It's not a particularly long uh Book much like Galatians or Ephesians Colossians Philippians are all very similar in size and really they follow a very similar pattern where You know, he kind of begins with some principle type of things, some big picture things, if you will, Mm -hmm. and then we will close the book with very practical, really down-to-earth, real-life kinds of applications, and the book of Ephesians follows that. I mean, the first chapter of the book of Ephesians is high-level thinking, certainly about the Lord's church, but about Christ himself and all of the incredible blessings that come with having a relationship with him, with being in Christ. As he's writing to Christians, that's who he's writing to. He's writing to a group of people that are already in Christ, and he reminds them, since that's the case, there are incredible blessings that come from that. And with that, there are also incredible responsibilities. And I think as the book kind of unfolds, he begins to hammer through some of those responsibilities. And he talks about the you know simple responsibilities of, Repentance, putting off the old man, putting on the new man, what that looks like. He talks about the principles of unity and the importance of when it comes to the Lord's church, being unified, certainly with God and his teaching and what he's all about, but even being unified with one another. He talks mm-hmm. about that directly and, and really closes the book With relationship kinds of things. Certainly, the relationship they would have for one another. Submission becomes a huge point to Ephesians 4, 5, and 6 for sure. And the relation and the impact that has on relationships with one another, the relationships we have with uh, our fellow man, specifically in chapter 5, with our families, as husbands and wives, as parents, as children. And then when he gets into chapter 6, he really beca- begins to kind of to drive home this final application piece, and and certainly we'll get to it as we continue through our study. But you know, he even gives us there in chapter six and verse ten that word "finally," right? Mm-hmm. That's the kind of the end where mm-hmm. this armor of God passage begins. And so he kind of works through these big application pieces from chapter 4, chapter 5, the very beginning of chapter 6, which we'll talk a little bit about today, that really begins segueing to this final conclusion that the way to accomplish all of this in the difficult, dark, wicked world that we live is equipping ourselves with what God equips us with. And really, in a a lot of ways, I think it's full circle back to chapter Mm 1. These incredible blessings that we have in God, the only reason that we can live the life that He has asked us to do and be successful spiritually is because of what God equips us with, mm-hmm. and we've got to be willing to, to put those things on, and if we, can, if we are, if we're willing to do that and we put those things on, we will be successful, yeah. and, but it ultimately is the only way.
0: Yeah, well, let's go ahead, and we're going to read verses five through nine together. We're going to begin in verse number five. As Jeremy mentioned, the first four verses of chapter six are very connected kind of to that family dynamic that was picked up in chapter five. So we're going to begin in verse number 5 and read through verse 9, and that's going to be the context for our conversation today. And then over the next couple of weeks, we'll dive deeper into the armor of God, beginning in verse number 10. So Ephesians chapter 6, beginning in verse number 5. Bondservants, be obedient to those who are your masters according to the flesh, with fear and trembling, in sincerity of heart as to Christ, not with eye service as men-pleasers, but as bondservants of Christ, doing the will of God from the heart, with good will, doing service as to the Lord and not to men, knowing that whatever good anyone does, he will receive the same from the Lord, whether he is a slave or free. And you, masters, do the same things to them, giving up, threatening, knowing that your own master also is in heaven, and there is no partiality in him. Now, sometimes. Paul's writings can be a little bit of a challenge because of what we just experienced beginning in verse number five. He writes very long, drawn-out sentences <laughs> yeah. that are sometimes hard to follow, and so it's important to kind of dive in and, and kind of begin to dissect them a little bit so that we can understand where he's going. And I think you kind of alluded to this, Jeremy, in your, your summary, but as as Paul really gets into chapter six, while you can read verses five through nine and think exclusively about you know, an employee-employer relationship, bond-servant-master relationship, however you want to frame that. There's tons of application and lessons that can be taken from that relationship. We may talk about some of those today. But I think he is beginning to draw us into his conclusion, beginning in verse number 10, which is, you can be strong in the Lord— by being humble in the way that you interact with one another. You don't have to be abrasive with your relationships in the world because your strength is found in the Lord. And so while there are some very great and important application points to this servant-master relationship that we can learn from this, I think keeping it in context of where Paul is leading these Christians, he is helping them see where their true strength needs to lie in the Lord, and because of that, they can be humble, they can be submissive in the relationships that they have with one another because they find their strength in the Lord. And so that's why I think this these few verses here leading into chapter 10 are actually a really good place to begin the conversation of what it means to be a soldier in Christ, what it means to be strong in the Lord, because the relationships that we have with one another are going to indicate where we find our strength in this world.
1: Yeah, I made mention just a moment ago that I think in a lot of ways chapter 6— really is a full circle from what we see in chapter 1 in a lot of ways. I mean, if you go back to the beginning, certainly the beginning of chapter 1, where you have there in chapter 1 of verse 3, you know, that that point that's made that all spiritual blessings, every spiritual blessing, is found in Christ. And then you have, you know, speaking of incredibly long, drawn-out sentences, (laughs) it's like the entirety of chapter 1 is one sentence. But, you know, you have—there but is is a phrase in chapter 1 that is there over and over and over. It is in Him, or in Christ. It is over and over and over. And and so most certainly, that's where our focus should be. And, And now as this book closes, you begin to see that resurface. And you see that certainly with regards to relationships, and it's interesting because we're thinking about the relationships that we have maybe with our spouse or our relationships that we have with our children, or if we are children, the relationships we have with our parents here, the relationships that we have as servants to our masters, even as masters to our servants, and it's very physical relationships that are being talked about be it even in all of these relationships, Paul is still directing their focus to Christ. Mm -hmm. So you see it in chapter 5, you know, with the husband. The husband is to love his own wife as Christ loved the church, right? Still the focus is to that, to be wives, to be submissive as to the Lord. You see that phrase, even with children, even with parents. But here, as he's really kind of closing out I mean, he's not, he's not hiding it anymore, right? I mean, we read five, six, seven, eight, and nine, and in every single one, all five of those verses, that phrase is found in some way, right? You have verse 5, in a sincerity of heart as to Christ. Mm-hmm. Verse 6, we're reminded that we are not men pleasers, but we are servants of Christ. Verse 7, we're doing service as to the Lord, not men. Verse 8, we, are, we receive from the Lord these things. Verse 9, in thinking about masters to remind them that their master is in heaven. So literally mm-hmm. in every verse— It still is that mindset, and that will have everything to do with this conclusion that he'll begin in verse 10. Yeah, I think you make
0: a fantastic point there, because when we think about being a soldier, specifically a soldier in Christ, but if you just think about it more broadly, the idea of being a soldier, that inherently means that you are disregarding your own interests or subduing your own interests in favor of the larger purpose that you are serving. That's what a soldier does. They put aside their own family, their own interests, and they serve at someone else's behest. They are being led by someone else, and they are putting away their own interests and they are serving in that regard. That's exactly what's being described in verses 5 through 9. Someone who is doing just that. That's the the whole idea of a bondservant. A bondservant is someone who that is willingly putting aside their own interests. They aren't being forced into this position. A bondservant is someone who is willingly putting aside their own interests to serve a master. That's what a soldier of Christ does. We willingly put aside our own interests, to take up the interest of Christ. And so when you see that connection being made in verses 5 through 9, you can tell how important it is to understand that before you get into talking about the armor that we're going to put on. We don't put on armor until we understand what we're taking up. You don't, you don't become a soldier without first understanding what that means. That is not something to be taken lightly. Every relationship that you have is going to be framed around this idea of you are being a soldier in Christ— the way you interact with one another, the way you think about your own interests and desires, all of that takes a back seat to being a soldier in Christ. And so this idea of understanding that when the bondservant gives up his or her own will to serve his or her master, that that is the exact same mentality that the Christian is called to have in our relationship with Christ, and then we're going to talk about the strength and the power that's found in that. And that is incredibly empowering to think about. I think the idea of a bondservant can sometimes be seen as a very lowly position, but when you think about it in the context of what's being described here, it is incredibly empowering.
1: What's interesting to me, I was thinking about this yesterday when I was reading through this text again, you know, listen, we, we are thousands of years removed, right, from, you know, when this letter would be written. And, and you would think that, you know, culturally they'd have so much more understanding of this than we do. We, we try to make that point all the time. But, you know, I was thinking about as a soldier— we un- we should understand that better now than ever before mm-hmm. i mean you, you think even in this country for the longest of time those who served in the military had no choice whether they served in the military or not you were chosen to be in the military you didn't you, you didn't have a choice that was the way that it was and and almost that's the way it's been in history for a yeah. long long time but the way that it is today for us and our culture If you're in the military, you choose it. You volunteer to be in the military. This is something you choose. And that's what soldier of Christ is all about. And you made the point. It is something that we're not forced to do it. Mm Mm-hmm. We choose to do it. We make the choice. We we volunteer for it. And and what the book of Ephesians is doing, and certainly some of the other epistles as well, is Paul is really working to remind them what they have chosen, right? This is what you have chosen. This is because you have chosen this, this is what it means. So you need to be thinking about it. And, And it is a powerful thing because Your focus is really on one thing. This one thing now dictates everything. Your focus is Christ. That's where your allegiance is. That's where your loyalty is. If you volunteer for the armed forces in this country, your allegiance is to the United States of America. I'm, you know, I've certainly, I don't, I've not been in the military, but. You know, everything I know I've learned from, you know, television and movies, you know, in a Mm -hmm. lot of ways. But it is is that idea. It is you're upholding what is best for the United States of America. That is what your focus is on. Mm -hmm. And and the same exact thing is in place here. Your focus is Christ. And so in every capacity, that's what your mindset is. And if your mindset is in that way, now that's going to have an impact in every facet of your life.
0: It will, and I think you you made the point about kind of looking at this in the the entirety of the context of the book of Ephesians and and reminding ourselves of just how significant the commitment we make to Christ is. Mm. It is not something that should be taken lightly, just as enlisting in the military is not something that that should be taken lightly. That is a decision worthy of contemplation and serious thought before you do that. You need to understand what it is you're doing, And the same is true when it comes to a life of service to Christ. It is wonderful beyond imagine, but you need to understand what you're doing before you embark on that. Don't make a commitment to Christ that you're not willing to fulfill. And when we think about the commitment that we're making to Christ, it's going to impact the relationship that I have with my wife. It's going to impact the relationship that I have with my children. It's going to impact the relationship that I have with the church. It's going to impact the relationship that I have with employers or employees. Everything and every relationship in my life is going to be impacted by the decision that I make to follow Christ. And so when I understand that, then I'm going to make an informed decision about whether or not I want to follow Christ. And again, when you think about it in its entirety, I don't understand how anybody could come to any other conclusion. But yes, I want to follow Christ. But we need to make sure that we understand what we're getting ourselves into. It is a life of submission. It's a life of humility. It's a life that will be persecuted at times. Christ is very upfront with us about that. But it is a life that is well worth all of the hardships that may come with it because it is for our good. And there is a reward waiting for us beyond comprehension. But we need to understand that. And I think that what Paul is talking about, even in chapters 5 and 6, and like you said, even going back to the very beginning of the book, I think he's trying to help frame that for us. That a life spent in service to Christ is a fantastic and well-lived life, but it is one that you need to understand will impact every other aspect of your life. And that's leading us to this kind of final conclusion here at the end of chapter six.
1: Yeah, and I think what this conclusion is doing is when you start to think about, especially from, you know, where he's been in chapters five and six, these relationship kinds of things you know, it's easy to culturally begin to think, well, this seems pretty hard. I mean, mm-hmm. r- rarely does this work, or or people don't live this way. They don't live in their families with this idea. Servants don't think this way. Masters don't think this way. This is going to be difficult. This is going to be hard. And, and now he's almost taking all of those thoughts that we're going to have at the kind of the close of this book, and as he finishes with this really encouraging admonition mm-hmm. to say yeah th- there is some hardness to it yep. but it it's not an impossible task it's not an impossible task in this context with god it, it now an incredible analogy plays out at the end of the book i mean it just it, it's a it's a it's an incredible analogy but it is equipping yourself to be able to handle whatever the world brings so that you can be the husband that God wants you to be. You can be the wife that God wants you to be. You can be the saint and the brother or sister that God wants you to be or the child or parent or even servant or master or neighbor. I mean, whatever you want to put in. Mm -hmm. You you can do all of those things because God has equipped you to be able to do that. And uh, if you have any doubts about that, read the end of Ephesians chapter 6, and and what Paul is going to do is he's going to put those doubts to bed, and it's an incredible conclusion to a powerful book.
0: I think that's a great place to stop, and I think that sets us up well for the conversations we'll have over the next few weeks as we dive deeper into the latter part of chapter 6. I want to thank you all for taking some time out of your day. Uh, Stay with us over the next few weeks. I think this is going to be a really good study as we talk about uh, the armor of God, and what it means to be a soldier of Christ. I know I'm looking forward to the next several months, diving deeper into this theme here at Traders Point. And hopefully you guys are able to follow along with us on the podcast and enjoy uh, those studies as well. So thank you again, and we'll talk to you again next week.